Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, better late than never. It's on a time crunch as always, but that's what happens when you're going live, maybe live. At least this ain't radio, and we have an absolute, we have to start at this time. Gotta love the podcast world. You can be flexible when you need to. We appreciate everybody who is joining us here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, live edition on a Tuesday, recapping everything we saw on Monday Night Raw and so much more. If you're new to the program, SP3, how would you describe it? Would you say that this show is... It's all cupcakes and hand jobs. Would you say that? Would you say that this show? Uh, absolutely. It's all cupcakes and hand jobs. Everything is all good. I'm like the pit bull. Rick doesn't want to do anything when I'm around. So it's all good and good. Oh, I wish that was the case. Any other day, right? I would be leading with cupcakes and hand jobs. I would have that plastered all over for SEO. And we'd be talking about Ronda Rousey out of the gate today. Uh, we'd be talking about money in the bank out of the gate today because I feel like WWE has kind of tipped their hand already on who the winners are. We'll see if you agree. We'll see if SP3 agrees. We got a lot more to get into. Apparently, Elias is coming back. Don't know how they're going to pull that one off. Uh, Bobby Lashley has been put in a time machine and has unfortunately been sent back to 2019. Uh, we'll talk into that as well. SP3, I hate to admit it, appears to be right about something. There's so much of that that we have to get into today. But first things first, before we dive into our very unfortunate lead story, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. They are the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, developments, including everything on this year's NBA Finals. Looks like Golden State's going to win again, so maybe get down that bet on them. Or if you think Boston's going to come back, you can bet on them as well. Got the NHL Finals getting underway, Major League Baseball. You got fighting news next season's early NFL futures. Bet the house on the Bengals. Head on over to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus. I said 50% on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started and get that bonus. That is B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. And what is up to everybody who is in the chat? Frantic and Ace and Steven and Andrew and Queen. Appreciate you guys joining us as always. Simon as well. We will get to uh, your comment here soon. Because I know so many of you are here to talk about, uh, unfortunately, we'd love to have some fun on this show. And there will be plenty of fun to be had over the next 45 minutes or so. But we have to talk about the breaking news that happened yesterday, the breaking news that has happened today. Shortly before we came on the air, it was announced a statement released by Tony Khan. He has suspended Jeff Hardy indefinitely without pay. He has offered help the full uh, statement reads as follows. We were able to resume contact with Jeff Hardy this afternoon. AEW does not condone Jeff's alleged behavior. We have made it clear to Jeff that we'll assess him in getting treatment for substance abuse issues, which he has indicated that he is open to receiving. In the interim, he is suspended without pay. He can only return to AEW upon sex successfully completing treatment and maintaining his sobriety. This uh, coming out yesterday after Jeff Hardy was arrested for DUI, the third such arrest in the last 10 years. Blood alcohol content nearly four times the legal limit. Like this is 
beyond sad it is beyond disappointing and i feel like that's that's the sentiment sp3 of a, of a lot of people of a lot of jeff hardy fans and i have to believe of a lot of people in the aew locker room is that that's just the word and matt hardy put out a statement today as well uh saying that he was disappointed uh in his brother and man it just i i can't i can't talk about anybody's demons right we all go through stuff we all go through stuff. We all battle certain things. Addiction's a hell of a thing. I'm not going to sit here and judge anybody based off of that. But TMZ today, man, had the arrest video out. You had cops with guns drawn on Jeff Hardy, multiple 911 calls uh, with people saying he was swerving all over the road. He admitted to taking fireball shots, said he had a doctor's appointment for a head scan, which brings up questions about how the hell he was supposed to be in a ladder match tomorrow damn night, which is something you brought up last week, is how the hell has he been clear for this already? So there's some questions there. But man, demons aside, everything, man, I, I get that and I sympathize. It is 2022. Call an Uber. Call a cab. Call a friend. Call a fan. Call your wife. You are Jeff Hardy. Somebody will give you a ride. And I think that is where I become the, 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 the most just not sympathetic at all to this situation is because, man, if you can't get your stuff under control, I can't imagine what that guy's going through. If you can't get that under control, at least get a damn ride because you're going to end up killing yourself or killing somebody else or both. And that's where I think I'm disappointed the most in this entire situation. Yeah, it's a lot of mixed emotions coming out of this. You know, there's the the sadness that someone is dealing with a real life disease. Addiction is a disease, but yes. it, it's 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 also that that level of disappointment because we've known about this these issues for Jeff Hardy for quite some time, dating back almost two decades. It's been since two thousand three. This has been an an ongoing fight. For Jeff Hardy and you know we could say oh you know get rehab oh he needs a, an, an intervention one way or another regardless of how you feel if you're gonna side with Jeff Hardy and defend Jeff Hardy if you want to condemn Jeff Hardy whatever side you're on there's no reason for him to be on the road there's no reason when you have to when you have to be in a video a vehicle with an interlock which means you have to blow into the car, into this little thing to make the car go because you've had so many issues ongoing with DUIs, with drinking while driving. And you're putting not only other people at risk, you're putting yourself at risk. And it's very scary. And it's something that's been going on with Sonny. And we've seen the detriment that Sonny, and I've said before Absolutely. with Sonny, she shouldn't be on the road anymore with how many times this happened to her and her actually killing somebody. And, you know, I talked about it yesterday on uh you know, Monday Night Live with Alex and Sam, and I said, you know, it's going to get to the point where either he has to hurt somebody or himself to 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 make a difference here. So, you know, with this statement from Tony Khan suspending him, AEW did what they had to do here. There was they no other option. 
None. Yeah, and you know, there a lot of people have let this whole conversation get into a WWE versus AEW type of situation. Uh-huh. And I think that people are missing the whole argument. WWE people weren't condemning them for thinking something was wrong with Jeff Hardy when he walked out when he did because it's Jeff Hardy. I think a lot of people were understanding that WWE would think he had an issue there, but he passed the drug test and then he decided, you know, he got released. So, you know, let him let him go. Everybody was like, he needs help. But then when we find out that he passed the drug test and we find out WWE offered him a Hall of Fame spot, obviously they didn't think it was that much of an issue. You know, obviously when Tony Khan signed him, he didn't think it was that prevalent of an issue anymore. He knew the risk, obviously, because it's Jeff Hardy. And this has been ongoing, like I said, for two decades. But they did what they had to do, offer him rehab offer him help and i think the the biggest you know light at the end of the tunnel on all of this is something that we've heard for years with jeff hardy is that he's turned down you know receiving treatment receiving help going to rehab with tony khan putting out this statement and saying that jeff is open to getting the treatment that he needs and that he needs to get treatment before he's able to come back i think that's the best thing for jeff hardy right now we just all want jeff hardy to get help like i've been the one of the greatest honors of my whole wrestling media career was being able to interview jeff hardy during survivor series weekend last year and he is such a nice guy such a humble guy i just i want him to be able to you know live a happy healthy life with his kids with his wife with his with his family he's got demons he just has to deal with them directly he can't just keep avoiding it he can't just keep wrestling he's got to deal with these demons so regardless of how long it takes i hope jeff hardy is able to get the treatment and the help that he truly needs right now yeah and and you know there there's so many people who you know people i see people in the chat here you know talking about it's whether or not jeff truly wants to change i think jeff wants to change but again it's it's addiction, man. It's there's yeah. something chemical in your brain. There's something about your biological makeup that just doesn't allow you to change. It could be a combination of mental illness. Uh, it could be a combination of, of a lot of different things. I'm sure the fact that his body, right? Look, man, this guy went through hell the last few weeks. This guy could barely move the last time we saw him in a wrestling ring. And the point where he got completely concuss- concussed in a match, according to, to Matt Hardy, the last time that he was in a wrestling ring, I find it no coincidence at all that this happened shortly after that he's been put through the ringer inside the inside the ring and he's not able to compete at that time. This is a guy who obviously has issues and will obviously come with risks. I mean, I, I have a ton of questions, you know, around this, and I'm not the only one to, to bring it up. You know, Frantic World, how was Jeff able to, to get a car? He does not have a license. He was driving under a suspended license. How does that uh, happen. I don't know if it was actually rented or not. I don't know all those details, but you know, look, this is a guy who has not been able to be trustworthy for a very long time. How, if he's going to be on the road, does he not have somebody with him at all times? And like, once he is able, hopefully he is able to get clean. And that's the most important thing. He's able to get clean and sober and he's healthy. The man, like, how do you not have somebody who is basically with him at all times? And if he does fall off the wagon, at least make sure he doesn't get behind the damn wheel of a car. Like that has to be basic line, bottom point. And if I'm Tony Khan, that's one of my conditions for coming back is saying, hey, look, you're going to have somebody with you. Bottom line, end of story, 24-7, you're going to have somebody with you. Because yeah. otherwise, how do you have, how do you, otherwise, how do you bring it back? 
Yeah, it's it's not it, you can't bring him back in good faith without those type of conditions, without certain, you know, requirements for him to get back, you know, into the organization. I mean, it's it's a risk. It's a risk 100% if, you know, you're accepting him back even after treatment. You know, you you can do rehab 101 times, but it's all about, you know, your dedication to it afterwards, what you're going to do day to day. And in this business, it's a tough business. Uh, you know, you're getting you're getting probably offered a whole bunch of stuff or you you feel like you need this type of stuff to deal with the pain that you're going through. You're putting yes. your body through. And because he's Jeff Hardy. Of course, the fans are going to expect him to do swantons off of off of ladders, swantons onto steel chairs. But he, at this point, he doesn't need to do all of that. Like he doesn't need to do all of it. And we want him to live a healthy life. Like people look up to him, not just us, but little kids still look up yeah. to Jeff Hardy. So we want him to live. We don't want him to be another tragic story in this industry that is full of them. Right. And like it, the, the, the amount of times that this has happened, right. And especially in this case, when you're talking about blowing a, a 0.291, all right. Legal limit is 0.08 in the state that Jeff was at. When you are blown up to that level, it is miraculous that nobody was hurt in this situation. Like absolutely flat out miraculous that that has not happened yet with the frequency that this has happened. So again, man, we, we hope Jeff gets healthy. We hope that he gets right. You know, that's, that's really all you can do. And again, good on Tony Khan for offering the help and making it a, uh, you know, a priority and making it a necessity for Jeff Hardy to come back uh, to pro wrestling. He didn't care the fact that he had this big triple threat ladder match that everybody was looking forward to tomorrow night. Now that ladder match has been pulled. I don't know what they do with that situation, but the thing is, you know, just like they were with John Moxley, they were very open with this on television. I'm sure they'll address it on TV tomorrow night. They know their fans are smart. They know their fans, you know, they know what's going on. There's no reason to play dumb. There's no reason to do anything else than to say, we wanted to do this ladder match. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do it. It'll be revisited down the line. They got plenty other uh, things on Road Rager tomorrow night that can help uh, fill that time we do appreciate everybody who is joining us here today we got so much more to get into first real quick make sure to hammer the thumbs up button if you're new to the show make sure to hammer the subscribe button all right we we are here nearly every day of the week offering some kind of content for you guys here whether it's interviews whether it's debate shows so much uh we offer here on the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel our normal show tomorrow is not going to happen i got some shoot job related things i have to do tonight so myself and jeremy bennett are gonna take the night off. well he's gonna take the night off i'm gonna be doing work for some other stuff but still i digress uh sp3 and myself would be back talking about road rager 7 a.m on thursday in our normal time slot by the way if you're new if you don't know what we got going on right now check out my pinned tweet over at rick uccino uh, on twitter if you're subscribed to the channel doesn't matter if you're new or old grandfathered in retweet my pinned tweet and you are registered to win two tickets to SummerSlam. that easy bam two tickets we'll draw our winner Money in the bank weekend. All you have to do is be subscribed to this channel and retweet my pin tweet and boom, you are registered to go and you will find out money in the bank weekend. And speaking of money in the bank, SP3, we're getting more and more 
uh, people who are qualifying for the big ladder matches, WWE making a, a big deal out of this, building the entire pay-per-view around these ladder matches, because God knows they ain't going to put the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship on this pay-per-view. So it's all about money in the bank. It's all about these ladder matches. No Cody Rhodes, he's gone. Okay, fine. They set up a qualifying match last night on Raw between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, two people who should have been in the damn match regardless, but they decided, no, we only need one of them unless they do one of those things that they typically do where, hey, here's your second chance match where we're going to take all three losers. They don't have time to do that. They only got like two weeks left here unless they do like three qualifying matches. They, next they're going to do like two or three qualifying matches next week on Raw. Regardless, AJ Styles and Seth Rollins were two guys last night who both desperately needed wins. It was Seth Rollins who got it. In the best match of the night, no shocker, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Of course, that was going to be the best match of the damn night. The best segment of the night, though, when I first saw that it was booked, I'm sitting here rolling my eyes going, please, dear God, why is this a regular thing? It was not a regular thing. Becky Lynch had a 24-7 title match. Before the match started, she beat the holy hell out of Dana Brooke, threw her into the announcer's table, said, nah, you can keep that. I just wanted to whoop your ass. And then proceeded to talk about her plans to head toward Money in the Bank. We saw the new poster, the third poster that they released uh, over the weekend. You got Seth Rollins. You got Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is declaring her intentions to be in Money in the Bank. And she's facing Asuka for the spot next week on Raw. Two women who should be in the match all together um, anyway. That that's Rick's best segment of the night. My that's best me. segment of the it. night was still was still that AJ and Seth, Jimmy Uso, uh, Paul Heyman and Riddle interacting was better than that in my opinion as well. And and Rhea Ripley's promo, I love that. We'll get there. Yeah. We will get there. For me, anyway, I'm allowed to have opinions. SP three. You Regardless, said that segment of the night. Should have said in my opinion. Best. In your my best. opinion, if it comes out of my mouth, it's my opinion. I'm not trying to say what I say is fact. Feel, to your, uh, feel free to give me your little side smiles and your eye rolls all you damn want. Regardless, Seth is qualified for Money in the Bank. Becky says she's coming at it for the first time since 2019 when she was robbed. I did love the fact that they kind of revisited and teased the history with Alexa Bliss. When Alexa Bliss's music hit last night and Becky just instantly went, oh, this bitch. That was hilarious to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to these two finally revisiting the history that they have with one another because they're both so much better now than they were back in 2019 has wwe all of that by the way i said to get to this point does has wwe kind of tipped their hand here as to who is already going to win the briefcases with seth rollins and becky lynch should they the drip king and queen be considered the favorites right now sp3 to win both of these matches even though becky lynch hasn't even qualified for money in the bank yet I think so. Yeah, with the poster, with their with their promos, with Becky, I think it sets up for Becky to further go into madness if she's able to win Money in the Bank and fail to win it. Uh, the, the ladies over on Serving Face and Heels on True Hill, he uh, put out the best scenario: is Becky wins, she cashes it in at SummerSlam and loses in less than twenty six seconds. To Bianca <laughs> That drives her further into the madness. And with Seth Rollins, I think the best scenario is Cody Rhodes comes back and beats Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And Seth Rollins cashes it in on. Again, you you love that idea. 
I loved my idea that I laid out on the fast count section here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel where Sami Zayn is actually the one who wins the Money in the Bank briefcase and cashes in on Roman Reigns. I think that would be uh, the perfect scenario to end uh, this Sami Zayn bloodline feud that's going on. But I don't believe for a second that WWE would actually do this. I think Seth Rollins is their clear favorite. And I think the way that they're going to have this set out is Seth Rollins is going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. He will cash in successfully, and then Cody will win the Royal Rumble, and that will set up uh, Rollins and Rhodes for at WrestleMania. I think that was the I whole point not. to the attack. I think that. I hope not. I know I WWE, don't, and I you don't know want WWE. Cody Rhodes' first four pay-per-view singles matches to be against the same person. Everybody <laughs> came when Cody, when it teased that Cody was coming, they were like, oh, let's see Cody versus KO. Let's see Cody versus Roman. Let's see Cody versus Drew McIntyre. And all we've gotten is Cody versus F. Cody versus F. Cody versus F. Cody versus F. I'm sick of it. I'm over it. Okay? They had, they peaked. They peaked at Hell in a Cell. They got the first five stars in 11 years for the WWE main roster. That's it. That's the end of the feud. Stephen Chambers saying Seth and Becky are winning money in the bank. Wouldn't mind Becky versus Ronda rematch. I said all along they should go ahead and just get that out of the way with and do Becky versus Ronda at SummerSlam. But if you believe the reports, they want to do Becky and Bianca 18. You were talking about peaking after three matches with, with Seth and, and Cody. They want to do Becky and Bianca again. If you believe, I believe Wrestling Observer, I believe they were the ones that were saying, which is why Rhea is getting this shot. Uh, at at money in the bank instead of being in the uh, the ladder match uh, herself. Uh, a lot of people seeing uh, in the chats that this seems to be uh, the two favorites, except second somebody had it. Hypnosis, bro. Want to hear a hot take? Question mark. Charlotte Flair is winning the briefcase if she makes an appearance before Money in the Bank and is put into that match. I will agree with that statement. Until I see Charlotte come. Back because again they have the injury angle here. I I think Becky Lynch is the favorite to win it because I I just I get that sense that they finally want to give her that accolade and she, she's been even though she's been in the twenty four seven title picture she's kind of been the focus of the women's division even ever since she came back to television. Bianca Belair was barely on TV last night. They had an interviewer for like thirty seconds. She's getting the Thunder Rosa treatment right now. She was on TV for like 30 seconds, and then they focused on a full-fledged Judgment Day promo last night. Maybe Becky gets the briefcase and decides she wants to call her shot against Bianca. Like, she's that arrogant that she would do that. I don't know if that necessarily fits her character because the whole time she was champion, she was all about taking the easy way out. So I don't know if that makes a ton of sense, but the way they're building this, it definitely seems like Becky is the favorite. But if Bailey comes back, if Charlotte comes back, I would say they have to they have to be up there. True heel Romeo, the uh, the Charlotte Flair fan club president says, yes, it's going to be the uh, the one it's going to be Charlotte Flair. Uh, you who see his picture. His picture is with Charlotte. Yeah, well, I, get it. <laughs> I get it. That's fine. That's fine. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't want Becky to win money in the bank like she doesn't need to win money in the bank. And I don't think she needs to be in the title picture anytime soon. You want to build the Money in the Bank ladder match around her. I think that's fine. She can do the whole collapse without winning Money in the Bank and then failing to cash it in. Like, they have done 
absolutely nothing like with the women's money in the bank from like a storyline standpoint, period. Whoever wins the damn briefcase this year needs to have it longer than 48 hours. Seriously. Longer than 24 hours. 24 they hours. They, they've only had one that's held it for more than 24 hours. And, and it was Carmella, Carmella, the first one. And she's had it the longest of anybody. It's yeah. literally both sides of the spectrum here. Carmella held that briefcase longer than anybody. And then you run down the list, whether it's Alexa, whether it's Nikki, whether it's I'm drawing a blank, Bailey, Bailey. and somebody Asuka. else. Asuka. Yeah, right. I think Asuka might have had it longer, but then no, the whole thing. No, she didn't. No, she might. No, no, no. You're on misunderstanding. She may have had it longer. That may have been the plan. And then Becky's whole announcement kind of, you know, messed everything up. But I, I, I can't go by hypotheticals. I can only go by what happened. <laughs> I'm trying to go by hypotheticals. I'm just saying, whoever wins the women's money in the bank briefcase needs to have it longer than 24 hours. Please, please. I think you could have a lot of fun with that. But Becky doesn't need, Becky doesn't need to win the, the briefcase and then have them just waste it on her not winning the damn match. She's going to get the title shot at freaking SummerSlam anyway. So let her continue this downward spiral by being oh so close again like she was in 2019 and then getting shoved off the ladder i think that's what's going to continue the downward spiral she doesn't need to be anywhere near the title picture uh anytime soon unless she's going to be fighting ronda rousey but i don't think they're making that uh they're going that direction anyway shape or form all right got a lot uh, more to dive into some quick ones here let's dive into the five count shall we it's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network SP3, you brought up Rhea Ripley, and I'm glad you you enjoyed her promo last night because I loved her promo last night. I thought last night she felt in her element. She seemed comfortable. We talked about how all those other Judgment Day promos that she had, she felt like she was reading. She felt like she didn't believe the words that she were saying. She was saying. I honestly thought like last night was the best presentation of the Judgment Day since they've been there. Which is, which is weird to me, right? Because it's like, I've been on board with Judgment Day from the get-go because I loved the idea of Edge leading a stable. And we ripped WWE creative to shreds last week talking about how it didn't make any damn sense for them to dump Edge for Finn Balor. But last night, they all felt cohesive. They gelled in that promo segment. Again, it's only been one promo segment, but they all seemed comfortable with their roles, talking about how we're on equal footing. And Rhea Ripley just looks so damn good standing there right in the middle, front and center. With everything that's going on with Bianca Belair, what a difference a week makes. I know it's only one week, but you get the sense that they're already better off without Edge in this group because we talk about clicking, right? They didn't seem to click when Edge was there. Last night, they seemed to click. Again, only one week, but I'll ask the question. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I think Rhea came off better without Edge. Not the Judgment Day came off better. <laughs> like Finn... Finn Balor, uh, Damian Priest. Damian Priest always going to sound intimidating with his uh, with his with his voice. But Finn Balor, yeah, it's more like Equality Day, Equality Day, where everybody's on equal <laughs> ground. But Rhea Ripley came off better, in my opinion, but not Judgment Day. It's hard. I think they're off to a good start. We'll see how you know things progress. I, th- I did think it was a little weird last night that they just kind of. Like AJ Styles just kind of moved on to other things. Like they yeah. just completely separated AJ Styles from everything. I was honestly that match that he had with Seth Rollins last night. I'm sitting there waiting for Damian or Finn to like cost him that match to like continue the storyline arc with AJ Styles to me, all of a sudden is now floating aimlessly, which is ridiculous 
to me. Like, it's AJ Styles. He's by himself. He's solo now. He's coming off of a feud with Edge. Like, he should be set up for something. Man, this is like the third or fourth AJ Styles feud. Everybody was hyped up for that was a complete fart in a in a in a church. Like Shinsuke Nakamura, him and him, him and AJ tore it up at Wrestle Kingdom ten. They make it in WWE, bust. Uh, him and Samoa Joe, one of the greatest TNA feuds, Impact Wrestling feuds of all time. Do it in WWE, bust. All everybody remembers is Samoa Joe AJ Styles' wife's name. That's all everybody remembers. And now AJ Styles versus Edge, bust. None of those. They they focused too much on the story and not enough went into the actual freaking matches that none of their matches were going to be, it's going to be memorable in like a year. Are we, is it partly our fault though, for putting too much, too much on them? Like too much, no, too much no, hype, because, too much pressure or anything like that? Because AJ Styles and Brian Danielson, they had a bunch of hype going into their feud and they tore it up at TLC 2018 and then tore it up again inside of the empty performance center in the finals of the Intercontinental title tournament in 2020. They had two match of the year candidates in those individual years. So and that had plenty of hype going into it. But I just think that sometimes when the hype is too much and under the box that WWE puts these guys in, it's not capable of succeeding enough. Getting back to the Judgment Day, Rhea made uh, Queen with a comment here. Rhea made me want her to win the title. Her line where she said, I don't have to say I'm intimidating. I just am was great. Uh, Rhea was amazing last night. I did love the dialogue, which I don't typically say uh, for a Rhea Ripley promo because they typically don't give her uh, good material to work with. But last night was a great first start with Edge no longer a part of the Judgment Day. And I did think Rhea Ripley was the star. And as she should have been because she's the only one who's feuding with anybody right now. I don't think she has a prayer in hell of winning the women's title at Money in the Bank, which is unfortunate, which is why I said she shouldn't have gotten this then. You I really disagree. think she's going to win. Judgment Day needs a title. They need they they, to, to solidify this whole this whole taking out edge. Rhea needs to win at Money in the Bank. She does. Do I think WWE is going to give it to her? Nope. No, I do, because WWE don't seem to like Bianca Belair having the title for too long. I think they'll at least give it to her up until SummerSlam. Because again, I I believe the Wrestling Observer. I know they're not always the most accurate, but I believe the Wrestling Observer that they want to do Becky and uh, Bianca again. But they don't necessarily need the title to do Bianca and Becky again at uh, at SummerSlam. So then, uh, you know what? I wouldn't care if you decided to have Bianca win in 26 seconds. The title ain't on the line. I wouldn't care. They've already had their bangers. Who who gives a shit at that point? All right, I got to give SP3 credit on something. Uh, when we were talking about the women's tag team division weeks ago, or now lack thereof, I, I think maybe we were talking about actually what to do with Alexa Bliss. And maybe we were talking about Liv and Rhea being split up from one another. You were the first person to say, put Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan together in a tag team. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing? We're just throwing more shit against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Well, all of a sudden, Alexa Bliss does her first media with like WWE Germany and somebody asks her about tagging with Liv Morgan and she says, I'd love to tag with Liv Morgan. I love Liv Morgan because everybody loves Liv Morgan, right? What's not to love about Liv Morgan? And then all of a sudden we get this tag team qualifying match last night for Money in the Bank. They put Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan together. They beat uh, one of the only two tag teams they have left in that women's division last night and do drop and Nikki ASH. I did love Nikki's new black and gold gear. Um, I shouldn't say that 
as a Cincinnati fan. But I, regardless, I did like the move to black. It looked good on her last night. Um, but still, focusing on Alexa and Liv Morgan, they work really well together. They they do pair with well with one another. I know this would be Alexa's like third different tag team partner, and I know this would be Liv's like 18th different tag team partner, but I'll ask it. Whenever they get around to bringing the women's tag team titles back, SP3, Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan should be the next tag champs. True or false? Big time true. With Without the E, true. It's true. It's true. I called it. I said it here. Live in bliss, as Mickey James has called, coined them, is your next WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. I don't even have to say anything. I was right all along. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Hypnosis Bro, Alexa and Liv have this good vibe together. I, I love their segment after all. They do. They just had... It's... It was kind of the same thing with with Liv and Rhea, right? Like when they first like showed up on the screen together, it just it just worked. Now, you would look at Alexa and Liv and say, "Okay, well yeah, that that makes more sense than Liv and and Rhea." But again, what, until you see them on the screen, until you work with one another, you're never quite sure. And by the way, I think that goes to say a lot for Liv Morgan. She can work with pretty much anybody. She seems to have chemistry with everybody you put her in the ring with, whether it's as an opponent or as a tag team. I, I got to go with true heel Romeo here. I got to say, believe in bliss and live. I do. I do. I hate to give SP three credit on literally anything, even though he's right more often than I am. Damn it, man. That just seemed to work. So you know what? You don't have any other better options right now. You don't have any faith in Nikki and Dewdrop because otherwise they'd be winning some damn matches as opposed to losing literally every damn week. So they're in the doghouse for something. So hell yeah, put them on living and Alexa Bliss. SP3, what the hell's going on with Bobby Lashley? Arm wrestling contest, pose downs, baby oil in the eye. Why are they going back in time? Why am I getting flashbacks of flexing my ass and you know getting thrown into cake Bobby Lashley? What the hell are we doing? I have no idea. The fact that we had a show that had, you know, Riddle on it. Riddle versus Ciampa, NXT rematch. You had uh, Jimmy Uso versus Montez Ford in a really good opener. You had, you know, Live in Bliss debuting. You had AJ Styles and Seth Rollins having one of the best Raw matches of the year so far. And we ended the night with a heel spraying baby oil. (laughs) into a former two-time WWE champion's eyes, and we ended the night with the selfie cam. That says it all for where WWE Raw is heading. I don't understand why Bobby Lashley took that fake WWE title and put it in the air at, at Hell in a Cell, and now he's going after a title he already conquered in the U.S. title. It's, it's totally confusing to me. I don't get it. I don't understand why WWE is doing any of this. Well, that that could be that. I mean, that's WWE's MO. Like, I don't understand why they do 90% of the damn things that they do, because most of what they do doesn't make any sense. And yes, it did not make any sense for Bobby Lashley to grab that WWE replica title and hold it up in the air like I'm coming for Roman Reigns' ass when he could not be more further away from Roman Reigns at this point in time. And then you have Austin Theory was the one who initiated all this stuff. And then immediately last week, he's backing away from Bobby Lashley like. Stop it. I know you guys got big things for Austin Theory, which is the only reason why that segment was in the main event. 
This is all going to culminate with him and John Cena at SummerSlam. We know it is. We already, you could, the tea leaves have been written. That's the match that's going to happen. And I hope John Cena wins because he should. Because I don't, I, I, theory is talented. Vince McMahon may have him pegged as the face of WWE. He ain't, he shouldn't be beating John Cena right now. He shouldn't be beating Bobby Lashley right now. Bobby Lashley should be one of the guys you should be focusing on as your main event level guys. Remember, this guy was WWE champion. What, four months ago? Now we got him getting baby oil thrown in his eyes. Like, why? What are we doing? The, the formula wasn't broke with Bobby Lashley. It wasn't. Him and MVP were great. MVP is more needed with Omos. And now MVP is talking about Omos needing to focus on money in the bank. Ooh, can't wait to see Omos in a money in the bank ladder match. I don't get what they're doing with Lashley. I don't like it. I don't like the trend. Two other superstars I don't like the trends with right now, Mustafa Ali and the man formerly known as Tommaso Ciampa. I thought last night was Ciampa's best showing so far. I thought he was really innovative in his match with Riddle as quick as it was, but still, you get the jobber entrance. It wasn't about him. We still haven't heard him. We haven't heard him talk since his first week on Monday Night Raw. And he lost again. Of course, he was going to lose the riddle, but at least it was a, a, a good competitive match. He got some offense in, but that's his best showing so far. It's been weeks for Tommaso Ciampa. And then Mustafa Ali loses again, loses again. These are two guys who should both be winning matches that you should be building up right now. At least that's my opinion. That seems to be the general opinion of, of most wrestling fans, at least the hardcore ones. This is a hard question to answer, SP3. Who has the bigger upside on Raw, Mustafa Ali or Tommaso Ciampa? Can I say push and neither? Um, <laughs> honestly, no, I'm not even joking. It's neither. It's neither. I have a bigger, very big upside. You know, I've already started. The, the countdown clock for Mustafa Ali's contract expiring is two years now. We're officially at the two-year mark. Before 2024, we need a new man, Cody counter on TV, right? This, Just man is, counter. this man is not coming back, ladies and gentlemen. And Tommaso Ciampa, the everyone's biggest, uh, biggest fears about Tommaso Ciampa on the main roster have already been here. He's been considered a job, given jobber entrances. He's been running aimlessly, attacking people, and then the next week, basically losing to them. He's done. He's done. He's done. But he's doing better than Mustafa Ali. So I guess the answer is Ciampa by default. Yeah, Hypnosis Bro, what's with Ciampa helping Miz recently? I don't know if he's more helping Miz than he's just attacking baby faces. Like, that's that's yeah, he didn't help. He didn't help Miz. He attacked Riddle to set up the match this week and lost the Riddle. That's it. That's it. That's done. That's his that's character. It. And that's why I'm like, I would choose Mustafa Ali right now because at least Ali had like a story and an actual rivalry. And now he lost a match where he was protected at least a little bit. Thanks to Otis helping out last night. It ain't much, but man, I, I got to give the, the nod to until I hear Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo and we get an answer for literally anything that he's been doing on the main roster. I, I can't, look at him as more than you know enhancement talent right now which sucks because he's so much better than that like this is the guy who prides himself on just give him give him five minutes he'll make the most of it he made the most of it in that match last night that was a good match and he looked good doing it i love the fact that that man gave a ddt to riddle's toe last night 
That was hilarious to me. Innovative. Good. Don't see that shit all the time. I love that he actually went after his feet. More people should do that in matches. It made sense. It was smart. I, I mean, you said it was a good show, and it, it, I mean, that that's that's a newsflash to me because those fans seem to not have cared. I know it was only 3,000 fans there, but they seem to not care for someone who's versing Roman Reigns on Friday, Riddle. They did not care too much, and I think it's down to Ciampa. They have basically made him not matter. And that's 100% on WWE. Nobody, none of the, no, none of the, hard, none of the uh, casual fans, we throw that word around, casual fans, none of the casual fans know who this guy is. And WWE is giving them no reason to care who this guy is. doesn't matter how good he is in the wrestling ring, which unfortunately sucks. Both of these guys uh, deserve so much better on Monday Night Raw. You got three hours. Come up with something for crying out loud. Lastly, because I know we got we to gotta wrap up here because SP3 has got another job he's got to get to. Ezekiel says Elias will be making his return to Raw next week. SP3, how the hell are they pulling this one off? It's going to be a, a, a pre-recorded video uh, <laughs> with, with CGI beard on Ezekiel. <laughs> As he performs and Elias, he's going to introduce him in the ring and we're going to see Elias on the video wall. I think that's how this is going to be pulled off. I think that's the only way this will be pulled off because if it's Ezekiel coming out as Elias to the fans, oh man, that fake beard is going to be quite obvious from just from Rip. I know. It's like, seriously, I hope that they put a little bit of cash and a little bit of effort into making this beard look good because that's the problem if you, unless you're just gonna go full hilarity and actually like bring in aaron stevens aka you know uh damian sandow to come in and and play elias like unless you're just gonna go full joke with it they could do the whole split satellite thing like they've done with elias before remember his concert at at wrestlemania where he was playing like 19 different things they could do something really cool with that where they're like both on satellite but then why would you like say he's going to be there in the building? So he's got to be in the ring. And unless Ezekiel really has a twin brother, unless these that's like the biggest secret in the world that WWE has been able to sit on this and both of them show up out on the stage on Monday and prove that Kevin Owens was wrong, which ain't going to happen. This just has cluster F written all over it to me. <laughs> but. I'm interested. Like they got me wanting to tune into Monday Night Raw to see how this goes down. Unfortunately, what I could see WWE doing, and Hypnosis Bro beat me to it. Elias couldn't be there because of travel issues. Like that, that's what's gonna end up happening is Elias ain't gonna be able to show up because of travel issues or family emergency or some kind of BS is gonna happen. And then we'll probably end up getting another match between KO. Uh, and like, we're getting closer to my idea actually coming to fruition, the, the the play on the I quit match. But Kevin Owens should be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Elias slash Ezekiel has already talked about going into the Money in the Bank ladder match. So we might just throw it all uh, throw it all together there. We shall see. SP3 and myself will be back 7 a.m. on Thursday. That's when the next uh, available episode will be here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel, as well as the podcast channel. Uh, available everywhere podcasts are apple spotify iheart it's all there you can find us pound the subscribe button wherever you you tune into us pound the thumbs up button we appreciate you guys check out my pin tweet win some tickets to SummerSlam. 
and we'll be back 7 a.m. We appreciate everybody who chimed in today. Frantic and Ace and Queen and Hypnosis and True Hill Romeo. And uh, why are there seven people in the Money in the Bank ladder match? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be eight in both matches. We're going to get a surprise uh, for both one. But seven does seem like a weird number. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that they have no idea who from SmackDown they're putting in these damn matches because they don't value anybody on the SmackDown roster. We'll see. A lot of answers. Or excuse me, a lot of questions, not a lot of time to get those answers. But as soon as we find out anything, we'll be here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel to talk about it. Appreciate it, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.